who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. What does feminism mean to you? During Women's History Month, come explore feminism and how it's playing out in real life with season two of Thread the Needle, a monthly podcast. I'm your host, Donna Schill. I'll use my background in journalism to dive into topics that matter to women today, from divorce to call-out culture to masculinity to girls' confidence. Season two of Thread the Needle finds the meeting place between feminist ideals and the realities of women's lives. Listen to Thread the Needle wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Keegan. And I'm Madigan. And you're listening to Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist. This is the podcast where we explore the world through our own personal feminist perspectives. Hello, Keegan. Hey there. So we just had a little bit of a catch-up session. We're recording remotely, if it sounds a little bit different than usual. Um, Madigan had a COVID exposure, and so just to be safe, we decided to record remotely. It's just such a wild time out there. Everybody I know is testing positive yeah. right now, or they are, um, or they know somebody or been who exposed, is. Or, or yeah. exactly, exactly. It's just scary time out there, folks. Because yeah. this strain is so highly contagious. Like you're less likely to be hospitalized, but I'll tell you, I had it, and it was no fun for me. Yeah, uh, so. I've, I've been pretty much hearing that from my friends that I've been, you know, getting in contact with where they're like, yep, I don't feel great. I'm stuck in bed. And that was kind of the one thing where, you know, I wasn't super feeling like I wasn't feeling 100%, but I was like, okay, I don't feel like I'm about to die or anything like that. I've gotten a bunch of negative tests, but just to be sure, I am staying away from anyone that I love and care about so that I am not responsible for getting them sick. Well, I really appreciate it. I mean, for me, I'm not too worried because I just had it, you know, and so right. I think that like my immunity, immunity. is still pretty high, uh, but Anthony hasn't had it yet, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, if we can just hold off on that, that would be great. Oh my God, I know. <laughs> if we can just keep Tony safe, that'd be great. Oh my gosh, yeah. He's the biggest baby when he's sick, so it's it's as much for selfish reasons. Uh, oh, I don't, not, I don't blame you. Know, you. I I have to say, if we're if we're confessing our feelings here, I was thinking the same thing with Max because he is such a worrier when it comes to health problems that I'm like, oh my gosh, are we just going to be, because I mean, I am too, it's not just him, but him especially, I'm like, oh God, we're just going to be these like two balls of anxiety for a week if we're sick. You know, his dad picked us up from the airport and we had everyone stay masked and everything, but his mom is very immunocompromised, so the 
the fact that we could have possibly been sick and we were in, you know, a car with his dad was really scary to us and things like that. So, yeah, we yeah, are I still mean, very truly, much on on team. Keep everybody safe. You know? Yeah, truly. I mean, that was one of the worst parts of being sick outside of all of the actual like symptoms, which for me were not pleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, it was really having to call everybody and tell them anybody who I'd been close to um, yeah. and tell them that I was sick and like, you know, take care of yourself, be careful, go get tested, like all that. Yeah, stuff. knowing that you're causing worry in other people and then who have they seen? Like, it's just it's it's a lot. It's like yeah. getting an STI and having to call all your former lovers and letting them know. Oh, yeah, not, exactly. not that I have any experience in that, but <laughs> I mean, me neither. But it, it, I can imagine it is nerve wracking as nerve wracking and so, no fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. Should we jump into the news stories of the day? Yes. Um, I actually kind of wanted to get us started because there was something that I really wanted to discuss. And then we had a listener also reach out via Instagram and let us know that they wanted us to discuss this as well. Uh, There was an attack that was stopped at a pride parade in Idaho this past week. Uh, Mm -hmm. I posted something to our Instagram stories, like a now this news clip of when these uh, white supremacists were being arrested and things like that. But I thought that it would be a good idea for us to discuss it a little bit further. So 31 white supremacists who were part of the alt-right group, the Patriot Front, were arrested after a tip came in that something resembling an army was loading into a U-Haul van in Idaho. Now, I want to give a huge shout-out off the bat to whoever called 911 because, one, I can't imagine how bizarre this would have been to witness to see these 31 young white men piling into a U-Haul van, all dressed very similarly, clearly up to no good. I applaud whoever this was that noticed it, saw that something might be off, and actually took the time to contact authorities and make sure that people were kept safe because because of this 911 caller, police were able to respond within 10 minutes and the alt-right group was not able to cause any harm to anybody at the Pride Parade, thankfully. So before we get into anything further, I want to shout out to that person and also, in rare form, shout out to law enforcement for... Um, really being on top of this whole situation because it could have been so so devastating right I mean yeah I tend to give uh, police as little credit as I possibly can at all times 100% my my life philosophy Uh, but I will say in general I'm team like oh can we find another way (laughs) to resolve the situation without involving police but when you take a look at these people so first of all they're all in like matching outfits they all yeah they're wearing like like, white ski masks (laughs) yeah and they've got like khakis on and they all have that same like alt-right proud boy haircut yeah i'd be like no i gotta call some i would call somebody i'm like i gotta call somebody because this i mean Yeah, 100%. But I mean, this is also in Idaho, which I'm not saying all Idahoans or Idahoans, whatever you call yourselves, but it is known to be more of a red state. Mm -hmm, Uh, You know, my mom lived there for seven years. You know, she's very well aware of, you know, her surrounding uh, people and her state and things like that. So it is interesting that, you know, it would be something seen as such 
a red flag. Well, not interesting. I should say lucky that someone saw this as such a red flag and didn't just let it go because maybe they have similar beliefs or, you know, anything like that. I'm just appreciative that someone saw something and said something and that it actually worked out the way it's supposed to when you make those kinds of calls, you know? Yeah, especially because they are white men and I feel like people tend to kind of just like shrug that shit off half the time you know yeah definitely these men are um, around the ages of like 21 to 36 that were arrested they were all you know on the younger side they also were carrying with them shin guards shields at least one smoke bomb and other riot gear police also retrieved paperwork which spelled out their plan for the pride parade as well so it was very very clear what their objective was with getting together and everything like that. A little bit about this group in general, because it actually is a group that splintered from Vanguard America, who became infamous for the disaster in Charlottesville in 2017. Their leader is a man named Thomas Rousseau, who was also arrested amongst the 31. And I did a little bit of Googling of this Rousseau asshole and he first began this group back in high school actually in Dallas while writing for his school's uh, paper he would write like very conservative articles he would write about you know bathroom bills and things like that he was a very strong supporter obviously of Donald Trump in 2016 but this is a very troubled fucked up human being who from a very young age has been uh conspiring and grouping people together who share his same twisted beliefs. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much all of the information that we have at the moment about what's going on with that. I believe I read that on Monday they will be uh, put in front of a judge and will be um, not sentenced, obviously, but was charged with crimes and things like that. But um, I thought it was important to bring up especially because, you know, we are in Pride Month and I think it's easy to forget about some of the dangers that can come to such happy events such as these different Pride events. It's really, really sad and very, very scary. Right. I mean, it's very scary that we live in a world where you have to be concerned about these kinds of things. I mean, I know that I am anytime I go to an event that has a lot of people at it, you know, And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that is a very scary situation that we have to live with that kind of like trauma that we have to live with day in and day out, especially at events that are political in some way. Um, and going to these big events like that, it's, it's very nerve wracking. I feel. And for, for good reason, obviously. Definitely. Well, and I mean, like, this is so frustrating, too, because... I'm not saying that a political rally should invite these kinds of groups either. Definitely not saying that. But Pride is kind of like it's not necessarily I mean, it is a political demonstration in so many ways because the personal is political. But it's supposed to be this celebration. We're not angry about stuff. We're not, you know, taking to the streets. We're taking to the streets in like a happy celebratory way. You're letting your guard down a little bit, you know? Yes, totally. I know. I mean, and that's kind of what makes it so sad and so scary is that unfortunately for marginalized groups, your very existence is political. Like it just is, you know, and that's something that I feel like maybe people who aren't members of those communities can't understand, but it's like, yeah, I mean, I, 
I would imagine that there would be a bunch of white supremacist assholes who could show up to a Juneteenth celebration as well. You know, one hundred because it's the personal is political. It's your very existence living as a marginalized person in a marginalized community incites anger and rage in a certain group of people. Um, And unfortunately, that group of people, that subset of people uh, has a tendency towards violence. Yeah. And that is that is very scary. You know, yeah. So this particular group hasn't been linked to any really bad acts of violence or anything like that. It seems like from what I read, this group, they want, oh, they want to. Yeah. I mean, this, I'm not saying that they aren't dangerous in any way, shape or form, but they've been known in the past as very much like a propaganda tool. They're there for, you know, the pictures and videos on social media, the things that are going to be really eye catching that will make news, things like that, which is why it sucks that we're even talking about them. But at the same time, I think it's so important when we do discuss these types of groups, because just like that 911 caller, we have to be aware of our surroundings and what we're seeing and be sure to take some sort of action to hopefully protect people and prevent the things that happened in Charleston and so many other places where there have been gatherings of people for a political reason. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, that is so scary. But what I mean, thank goodness nothing happened. And everybody is okay. I mean, thank goodness. Yeah, a rare instance of catching it before it happens you know very rare could have been a very different conversation um and it's just it, it gosh it is so frightening right now because i feel like we are getting so much news every single week about another mass shooting another mass shooting and yeah. this was very narrowly kind of like avoided um, yeah so that is whew. okay it's well, a lot As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Do you know how much you have in common with some of your favorite celebrities, leaders, Newsmakers, I'm Evelyn, the host of Reppin, where you'll meet notable people you think you know. You'll find out who they really are and what they represent. 
Listen to Reppin wherever you get your podcasts. I wanted to talk about um, <laughs> the ongoing January 6th committee trial right now. Yeah. Um, or c- committee hearing. It's not a trial. Right. So right now, there are hearings going on um, to present evidence from the House Committee's investigation into the connection between Trump's voter fraud claims and the insurrection on January 6th. A lot of things have been revealed. I feel like they keep saying these are like mind-blowing revelations, right? We've got all this mm-hmm. proof and all this evidence. And truly, like, looking at it on paper, if I was a more hopeful person, I might be excited. But unfortunately, the last several years have robbed me of all of my hope and optimism. We are jaded as fuck. (laughs) Because I mean, looking at it on paper, you're like, oh, they guilty. So much evidence. Like, yeah, so much evidence that it's like, why aren't these people in jail already? Why aren't they hiding and keeping their mouths shut? I mean, I'm sure you're going to get into all of this, but just in the little news clips and things that I've seen, it is laughable the way that a lot of these Republican politicians are able to bend and twist the things that have come out into ways that are favorable to them. It just doesn't make any sense or ways well, that they are able to, you know, forgive certain things. You know, it's it's a yeah, lot of mental gymnastics at work. There's no real way to twist it in a way that's favorable. All you can really do is just deny, deny, deny. I feel like that's yeah. kind of the thing, like. Because if you still want to stand on Trump's side at this point, you can't even say, well, that's actually a good thing. Like the only thing that you can do is just say, well, that's not what happened. And just lie to your But that is such bullshit when there is so much evidence to the contrary. Like that's what's so crazy to me is that we'll see a tweet or we'll see some sort of document that's actually telling us exactly what happened. There is evidence and someone's just like, nope. Nope, that's not right. Yeah, nope, I mean, you're not seeing things clearly. Messages. They they really rely on you not seeing it is really the thing that we've come to see. Um, and we know that because Fox News, of course, is not airing any of the hearing, um, which it, there I think there's going to be like five and we're on day three or maybe there's more. I, I don't know how many days of this there are, but I mean, several days and it's huge, huge news. It should be huge, huge news. And Fox News is not airing any of it. Not only are they not airing it, um, but also like Tucker Carlson and um, Hannity and like all of these shows that are kind of like their big viewership shows, they air at the same time as the hearings are being broadcasted Mm. and they are going commercial free. So they don't want their audience to even have a commercial break (laughs) in order to like go check out what's going on with the hearings. Like they're not. Doesn't their audience just just don't look at it? Just don't look at it. No, because they're telling their audience, well, we don't need to broadcast that. It's all lies anyway. Just stay over here on your favorite show where it's nice and cozy and we're not going to tell you anything that's going to make you Mm. think critically at all. Right. And so, and of course they don't want them over there because the truth is. A good number of them are featured in in this hearing because one hundred percent. There's proof that like Laura Ingram and like several other like Fox News hosts actually texted people close to the White House on the day the insurrection was occurring and said like 
Trump needs to put this fire out right now. Like, what is he doing? Like, somebody needs to talk him down. So they knew that, like, what was going on was bad. And then immediately after that, just spun it, got on their shows later that night and said, it's Antifa. It wasn't an insurrection. And if it's not Antifa, then it wasn't actually an insurrection. You know, like, they just kept changing tactics. And it is so transparent but it's working to us, yeah. with their viewership, you know. Right. So they, I'm not going to go over everything because we are on day three, I think, uh, at the time of this recording of the hearings. And a lot has been revealed, but I will hit some of the highlights for you. So like I said, um, in addition to Fox News hosts knowing that this is bad, this is bad, pretty much everyone knew that Trump's claims of voter fraud and that he actually won the election were bogus. And lots of them, lots of his staff and also Attorney General Bill Barr told him that. (laughs) Like there is no evidence that this was stolen from you. Yeah. Um, Rudy Giuliani was basically the only person who supported Trump and he was trashed out of his mind. We learned that at the hearing that everybody yeah. was like, Rudy was drunk on election night and he's the one who told Trump like just say you won. <laughs> oh my Just say God. you won. And Trump was like, Giuliani, no. <laughs> well, because everybody else around Trump was like, Oh. No, like you, you didn't win. Like you're going to lose this thing. And, and this he's like, don't want to listen asshole. to that. Don't want to listen to that. This drunk guy over here is telling me exactly what I want to hear. So we're just going to listen to that. You know, <laughs> I think Trump seriously needs to be committed. Like he needs a psych evaluation, a few months in a hospital, get him, oh, yeah. get him on some meds. You know, he just needs yeah, some help. He's unhinged. <laughs> him and Giuliani are both unhinged. And it was interesting to watch. I think it was a campaign manager um, for Trump. He was testifying and he was like, yeah, man, like we tried saying to him that like this is bullshit. Like you didn't win the election, like all these things. I mean, not to paint this guy in a good light because he's Trump's campaign manager. So he's totally not by default. Um, But it was funny to hear him say, I can't remember what he called himself, but he's like, we were proud. There was there was like a split in Trump's staff. And he's like, we were proud to be called like the normals. Because <laughs> he was like, there was us in the normals. And then there was like Giuliani and like Trump, Donald Trump Jr. And like all of those people who were like out of their minds, you know, <laughs> 100% not living in reality anymore. Yeah. So Trump's people, um, this is something that they might actually get some repercussions for. This is kind of the one thing that I hold out hope that they might see some kind of charge brought against them. And it's, it's sad that it has to be this. But Trump's people sent out a shit ton of emails um, to his supporters asking for donations to the election defense fund, basically saying like, this election was stolen from us. And we need to be able to fight legally to um, overturn the election and have the rightful President Donald Trump back on his throne. So we need your money, somebody who lives in Oklahoma and makes $35,000 a year. We need your money. So (laughs) not from Trump who owns like gold toilets. And yeah, I mean, they ended up taking $250 million (gasps) in small donations. Million. 250 million. We don't know where all this money went. 
<laughs> but we Oof. do know that at least 60,000 of it went to Donald Trump Jr.'s fiance, Kimberly Guilfoyle, <gasps> for her two minute speech. She gave a two minute, two minute speech uh-huh. on January 6th to introduce her fiance, Donald Trump Jr., two minutes and got paid $60,000 <gasps> from, and that came from supporter money. Um, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So we can definitely assume that a large chunk of this money went into the pockets of the rest of the Trump family. I mean, we don't know where the money went, but that's part of the problem is we don't know where the money went. And you were soliciting these funds for this, quote, election defense fund. For a very specific... Mm -hmm. you know reason oh yeah that's really not good so they might actually get in trouble for that i feel like because you can say oh you took advantage of these people right you know so i think that that might be something so something else we learned was that trump was totes okay with the insurrectionists going after vice president mike pence for his refusal to use his ministerial role in of course trump was cool with it Mm -hmm. yeah so he basically kept trying to tell Pence, like, you can keep me in office, like, you can overturn this election. And Pence kept being like, no, I can't. Like, I don't single-handedly have that power. And even yeah. if I did, I'm not going to. Like, I'm not, I'm just not going to do it. And so Trump supporters labeled Mike Pence as a traitor and began chanting, as we all remember, hang Mike Pence. And apparently, Mike Pence was only 40 feet away. So he heard them at the Capitol that day. He was only Mm. 40 feet away from all of these like Trump supporters chanting, hang Mike Pence. And there was an affidavit um, to the committee that was cited from an FBI informant who was within the Proud Boys. So there's this FBI informant who had infiltrated the Proud Boys and was there with them on the day. Oh, my gosh. And said that they would have killed Mike Pence if they'd been given the chance. (gasps) And when Trump heard that his supporters were chanting, hang Mike Pence, he allegedly responded, quote, maybe our our supporters have the right idea. Mike Pence deserves it. Uh, Can you believe it? Like your own vice president. (laughs) He is Uh, such a goddamn mess this is all such a mess yeah it's disgusting and he he released this 12 page social media post just belligerent social media post basically denying all of this trump uh trump did yeah i mean and also because ivanka testified so ivanka testified that she did not believe her dad's claims that the election was rigged and so in this like she says that she believed and you know trusts attorney bill barr and bill barr was like it definitely wasn't rigged and so she's yeah. like well so i just believed him that it wasn't rigged and so in this 12 page kind of rambling social media te- you know text that trump released he said that like first of all he calls ivanka by her full name he's like ivanka trump wasn't working closely with the campaign at that time, and she doesn't know what was going on, basically. Yeah, way to throw your own daughter under the bus. He doesn't care about his kids at all. Oh, um, clearly, clearly, he's, he's he is not winning narcissist. any Father of the Year awards anytime soon. Yeah, he's a classic narcissist. He cares about his kids in so much as they make him look good, which I think is why up until right now, he's always liked Ivanka, but, you yep. know... She testified against him. 
Mm. So uh, I'd like to believe that something will come of this. I really would. But I mean, I, hopefully something. Yeah, I Anything. mean, hopefully something. But I do think kind of feeling like Trump is going to be like marched off in handcuffs is probably not. I feel like we might be asking for too much for that result. Yeah, not not yeah. the result we're going to see. Um, but it is good to have it out there. Just like, here's all the video footage. Here's I mean, especially all the before before Trump continues to, you know, get ready for the 2024 election. You know what I mean? Anything that can be put out into the universe of his badness, you know, even to his people that are so blindly following him, as long as we're continuing to get that out there, hopefully more and more people will start to, you know, quote unquote, see the light a little bit before this next election happens. But I mean, uh we can hope we can hope. I mean, I do. With what hope we have left. (laughs) But it's it is hard, man. I mean, I just remember my mind always goes right back to the like Russian allegation you know the allegations that he was conspiring with Russia and Robert Mueller and we were all like it's happening Trump is going to be arrested or impeached or whatever uh and removed from office and of course we were extremely Sadly mistaken yeah even when there was so much evidence that it obviously um should have had a different result so I'm, you know, not holding my breath for any kind of positive outcome here, but it is kind of a good thing to just keep your finger on the pulse of like, obviously, there's so much more happening in these hearings and I'm able to cover right now. But I wanted to just kind of hit those those big highlights um, because it is kind of the thing that is dominating the news cycle right now um yeah it's a lot I do have one other thing that I really wanted to discuss really quick because it's something that I feel like in the news it's been um it's been swirling around there a lot but I know for myself I haven't really taken the time to stop and fully try to understand it a little bit and it also is affecting gay men and bisexual men to a, a bigger degree than any other demographic, and that is monkeypox. I feel silly even saying that name, <laughs> but I think it's yeah. really important for us to discuss, especially to detract from a lot of stigma that could potentially come out of what's been going on with this particular disease. So, monkeypox has been showing up globally over the past few months since about May, with two strains currently active in North America. There have been about 200 cases in May that were reported in Europe, North America, Israel, and Australia. It was first discovered in monkeys in 1958, hence why it has its name. And the first case in humans appeared in Congo in 1970. Since then, it has primarily been seen in African countries, which is probably why a lot of Americans have not taken the time to understand what's going on or really care about it in general. Right, yeah. So now... The first real, you know, waves of this disease were found in what were called gay saunas and, quote, gay raves and things like that coming out of Europe and another, quote unquote, gay sauna in Montreal. So there is already beginning this stigma of monkeypox being a gay disease. And I want to say, first and foremost, because this is something that was so prominent during the beginning of the HIV-AIDS epidemic in the 1980s, 
classifying something as a gay disease is incredibly harmful, not only to the gay, lesbian, LGBTQ plus community, but also to everybody else is doing a disservice right. because Absolutely. anybody, anybody can be affected by a disease, by a virus. A disease does not care if you are gay, straight or otherwise. It just wants to infect you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But- it allows people this um, ability to think that they are safe, this false safety yeah, that and that, it, or that you can just be for so many people who tie sexuality to morality, which I exactly. feel like is a lot of the things that we saw in, um, you know, with the gay, with the AIDS epidemic that happened in the 80s. I feel like there's this idea that you can out moral a plague, right? Yeah. Like you can just be moral enough um, to not get sick. And that's 100 really just not how these things work I mean obviously outside of the obvious that like your sexuality has nothing to do with morality in general but you can't just kind of like live you know you know you know what I'm saying your morality also has nothing to do with whether or not you're going to get sick from a particular disease or anything like that but exactly because of the trends that have been seen it is starting to already kind of create the stigma behind the disease that it is only for gay and bisexual men or men who have sex with other men. And that's just not the case. Uh, the disease is also not an STI. So that is also a vast difference. There hasn't been any sort of, you know, real medical data showing that it is passed through sexual intercourse exactly, but it is passed through, you know, saliva and close contact, things like that. It's not as contagious as, you know, COVID-19 and things like that, but prolonged contact, you know, making out, having sex, things like that, cuddling, you know, very, very close contact is what is making the this disease spread. And especially right now during Pride Month when a lot of gay people are getting together and things like that, there have been there's been more and more talk about this, I think, on both sides within the gay community and keeping themselves safe, but also on the other side um, as a way to kind of shame everybody in this situation. But I think what's really important to decrease the stigma is creating a space for people to be able to come forward if they're feeling like they are struggling with symptoms so they can get tested and receive the proper care. So this can really be taken care of. Doctors are suggesting that before heading out to any large events, check yourself for symptoms such as fatigue, muscle aches, and most importantly, lesions on your body. So these lesions are usually found in hard-to-see areas such as the anal area. So you may need some help. Um, But they're saying that, you know, within about one to three days or so of getting sick, you will start to see these lesions and those go in a few phases of their own. But it's important to be able to check yourself for these symptoms before going to any sort of large gatherings right now. The disease spreads through direct contact with infectious sores, scabs, or body fluids and can be transmitted through prolonged kissing, sexual intercourse, or any sort of close contact, like I said. Luckily, however, 
the disease seems to respond well to the smallpox vaccine. And a lot of older people are actually not getting sick with monkeypox because they were given the smallpox vaccine as children. So it does seem to be affecting more younger people who didn't receive that vaccine when they were born and things like that. But, you know, luckily, this is not as contagious, not as dangerous, uh, so on and so forth as, you know, this COVID-19 pandemic. But um, especially since we are all kind of feeling fatigued from that. I think it's still important to bring up what's going on and especially how it could be exponentially affecting the LGBTQ plus community, especially during Pride Month. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I know in general, not only are these big events happening, but also in general, I feel like we as a society have let our guards down Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, in terms of like, I, I hear the phrase like post pandemic a lot, uh, which is all the time, of course, because we are still in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, but we do or we are behaving as though we aren't in a pandemic anymore. And um, because of that, we've really kind of like let our guards down. Yeah. Um, and so we should all just try to keep in mind to be just be mindful that like totally we're not out of the woods yet in terms of covid and then of course there are other things going on just because i feel like when you already have symptoms for things you might not recognize symptoms for other things definitely. it's going to make it's going to blur those lines and make things a little bit more um tricky so just definitely be really mindful of how you're feeling um if you're not feeling well stay home stay <laughs> even if you're home even if you're you know testing negative or whatever like me (laughs) yeah yeah exactly like at least like take those precautions keep testing keep wearing your mask in public if you're not feeling well just be extra extra careful you know and I would say especially um you know if you're going to be going to these pride events and other large events I mean they're saying even you know there's no reason to even just distinguish between those events exactly because there are weddings and other things going on you could be hooking up with a bridesmaid who sure, knows yeah absolutely um everyone is to be you know on alert and educated on this so I think it's important to talk about this with your friends talk about what the symptoms are because it really can affect anybody and I I don't want any other pandemics or epidemics to be harshing my mellow anymore okay so let's all take care of ourselves <laughs> and each other and have each other's backs through all of this yeah please. and also if anyone in your life is talking about this as though it is just a quote-unquote gay thing please shut that shit down immediately yeah we cannot begin having those kinds of conversations or yeah what are we in the 80s being out there you know we saw how damaging that was the first go around so please please (laughs) i mean come on you guys this isn't 1980s anymore we're in 2022 let's get it together yeah get with it please (laughs) all right well that's everything that i wanted to cover today looks like we've already crossed 30 minutes but is there anything else that you wanted to bring up before we close out you know uh, yes, but I I won't really talk about it. I just needed to say on this podcast how fucking ridiculous it is that um, Squid Game is being made into a reality TV show. I'm appalled. We live in a late capitalist hellscape. Um, what a nightmare! That's and all this I have is to literally say. Hunger Games come to life. I it's- actually. 
I thought it was season two. I didn't know it was a reality show. No, I haven't even well, looked season, into it yet. Oh, God. Season two is coming, but Netflix has created a reality show based on Squid Game, which is just missing the Bucked point up. to the most like ridiculous degree because it is a show criticizing capitalism Capitalism. and the ways in which we as a society are so we'll kill each other for money (laughs) that we are (laughs) or or allowing ourselves to die (laughs) to get out of certain kinds of financial situations so for them to have a reality show competition show with the largest sum cash prize in history is just missing the point in a way it it's so obtuse that my it's brain pretty gross. hurts. But anyway, so that's all. That's all. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. I did not even know that that was going to be a reality show. I'm so out of it most of the time with all that kind of stuff. That's it's fucked so up. It's so gross. It's I'm not so a, gross. I'm, I'm really not a fan. Not a fan. All <sighs> right, everybody. Well... If you're interested in sporting any of our merch, please hop on over to our Instagram page at Angry Neighborhood Feminist and click on the link in our bio to look at the merch store. There's also going to be a link in the show notes wherever you're listening to this episode. If you have any topics that you want us to talk about in the future, you can go ahead and email us at neighborhoodfeminist at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram. We have a Facebook business and group page. You can rate and review us on the business page and chat with your fellow listeners on the group page. Last but certainly not least, if you haven't done so already, the best way you can possibly show us your love is by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with a quick sentence about why you enjoy the show. Yes, the sentence does help help us. Thank you so much. We appreciate it and we will love you eternally more than we already do. Okay, that's all we have for you today. With all of that being said, we encourage you to rage on. on. Bye. Hey, it's Mae Whitman and I play Frankie in the new Realm podcast, The Sisters. The Sisters is about a museum curator of medical oddities who investigates the origins of a mutated skeleton with two layers of bones. Seven ribs are completely fused. And you have no idea where this came from? No. She was sent here anonymously. Uh Uh-uh. Not she. They, maybe? Wait. I've never seen anything like this. Soon, she uncovers an extraordinary mystery that connects her present with one family's tragic past in hauntingly dangerous ways. My grandfather was a journalist back in the 60s and 70s. He specialized in strange stories. Who are they? How are they connected to the skeleton? Play the tape. You'll see. Listen to The Sisters wherever you get your podcasts. We dream about it. We both dream about it. How often?